you have to think about everything you do as a leader of a business ultimately impacts the 50 families that work for you. Not, not you, not, not the employee, their family. So if we make a really bad decision and we got the wrong product or we get sued or we do something or we decide to close the business or decide to sell a business, you're not just impacting you, you're impacting 50 families. Welcome to the Lion's Den, hosted by Lance Bachman. Everybody, welcome to this edition of The Den. I have Don Milstein here with me, the president of H2O, and he literally has sold one company already to Honeywell. This is his second company, and he's two and a half times his sales in the last three years since he's been with one SEO. We're going to talk about merger acquisitions, the growth of his companies, what he does, and why sales marketing is so important, and some other things. How's that sound, Don? Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Welcome to Den, my friend. Thank you. So, Don, real fast, give everybody your background, tell them who you are, and uh, you're a local to Chamonix kid. Yeah, graduated in Chamonix, 83, went to Ryder College. Actually was a CPA, worked for a big accounting firm, and went to one of my clients that was in Princeton, New Jersey, called Iman Electric Meters. So I've been in the electric submetering space since 91. Came president at in 96 with the original founder. We sold that company for the first time in 2001 to Hunt, uh, to Hunt Oil in Dallas, Texas. A couple of years later, we bought it back with a private equity group. <laughs> A couple of years later, grew it and sold that to Honeywell. And I uh, worked for Honeywell, uh, running not only the Iman business, but their the overall electrical uh, business. Left there and then invested into uh, H2O Degree, I guess, in 2015. So, so let's talk about your growth. Yep. You guys do millions a year. You're growing. You're having right. fun. You know, what... I mean, I'm not being rude here. Sure. You're not in a fun, sexy business. No, no, not at all. We are not sexy. I mean, like, you think about separating meters, somebody has multiple units in an apartment building, you know, you're separating your water, your, you know, like, it has to be a pain point. You got to be so So we're trying to do two things, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to take, when we take a apartment building, the average apartment in the United States is 200 apartments in a building, right? Whether it's multi-buildings or Mm -hmm. one whole building. The landlord wants to charge the tenants for their actual usage. Mm-hmm. So he makes them responsible for it. But a lot of times it's not like that. They have one meter from the water utility for the whole building. Now he's like, what the hell do I do with it now? Chop it up a hundred different ways. Chop it up ways. Ways, how it works. Right? Divided by a hundred tenants. But that doesn't work because no one's incentivized to save. So we sell meters to charge each tenant for their actual use. Read them wirelessly. And then take it to the internet. So their pain point is... Move it off to the tenants so they don't have to pay for it. It also increases their profitability. And when in real estate, when you increase your profitability, not only do you get a one-year payback with this deal, but you've just increased the value of your property 10 times the amount of money. Explain to people how it increases because it comes off their income statement, correct? Right. So, okay, so I was paying, let's say I was paying $100,000 a year mm-hmm. for water okay. as the owner. I now put in this system. I spend $100,000 for the system. I now have it paid back in a year, and now the tenants pay the bills. But explain to people how it's paid back in a year because it's not hitting their tax income, and that's where you're making the payback because you're not actually claiming it as revenue to your organization. Right, so I no longer have that expense, right? So right away, my profitability went up $100,000 as the owner of that building. Your your profitability went up. Because I no longer have that expense. Correct. Yes, it's an expense. So 
it might not it might not be a hundred, it might be 150, 200, depending on what your revenue is. Right. But yes, a percentage basis, if you're doing a million dollars, your profitability just went up ten percent right. more by getting rid of that Move expense. That, right. So now I made a hundred thousand dollars. I just want the people watching to right. really understand. What's key is because the landlord he makes a hundred thousand dollars more because his expenses are lower. Correct. Right. So now but the value of his property is based on his income. Correct. So his income just went up a hundred grand. In real estate, the value of his property went up a million dollars, about 10 times that. So he can either sell that building for more money or he can go refinance it to do other things. I got to ask you this question, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry about my eye. No. What the hell made you get this some meter? I mean, like, I'm just thinking to myself, you're the only person I've ever met in this space. Like, the only time I've gotten into it, I've owned, I told you, multiple places with restaurants, apartments above it. And I had, until I redid them and then I broke it apart. Right. What the hell means you getting this? Like, I mean, it's obviously a market for it. It's, a, grow, it's a huge market, right? There's 30 million apartments in the United States, right? 50% of them are metered in some way. The other 50% are not. So you have a huge market opportunity to go after. You're creating a green environment, right? Because you're incentivizing conservation by either billing tenants or putting in some controls, which we can talk about. So it helps overall, and you can make some money. It's all about and, you know that. I know doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you, the new construction you're trying to get to them before they build, right. so it doesn't become. I mean, at this point, I'm assuming almost every new construction is separate meter across America. So at this there, point. there's. I'm uh, assuming, and I could yeah, be wrong. Yeah. But. So what you have is a movement across the United States. Landlords know it's the best practice to put in a submeter, but you have states like California that three years ago said. Starting January 1st, 2018, all new construction must submeter. You can no longer include it in the rent. You no longer can take the water bill divided by 100 tenants. You have to put in a submeter. So we're seeing regulations pushing that as well. Why, as though? Because the government, if the government's getting involved, let's be honest, there's some money for them in it. Why? They're doing it because California in particular had a water shortage, right? 30% of the people in, in California live in multifamily. And they're like, this is stupid. Everyone that lives in a home has a water meter. Why should these other 30% of the population not? I know as a government, if I can conserve water, I'm in better shape. Let's go submeter. And they know all the, ultimately studies have been done that 15 to 20% savings in water. Use. I believe you, Don. I don't believe the government of California. No, no. Somehow they're making money off of it. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. I mean, they, they charge us. They do have fees. They do have fees to test the meters, but it's, it's not that bad. But yeah. Um, you know, let's talk about this. You know, you're a well-versed person. You're, right. you're successful. You build a lot of companies. Let's talk about the private equity firms right now. Right. It's always fascinating sure. to me how people, um, as you know, I own six different companies and none of uh, no private equity firm money right. I've ever taken, but I have looked at it. Yeah. Why are they so into buying? Like, I've never seen private equity money just buying in the right. smaller companies. Like, sure. So can you explain yeah. to the viewers why yeah, sure. if you're looking for a private equity firm? This is the time right, right now. Yeah. So just to be clear, so our company does not have private equity. Yeah, just but you've been through it. But though. I've been through it multiple times and very familiar with it. So private equity in the market today is flooded with money. So they're sitting there with cash looking to deploy it. They can also borrow money, which a lot of them do as part of it is always, I put in $10 million, I want to borrow $10 million and I'll buy something for $20 million. The interest rates are so low. On the, in, on the money that they're borrowing, they can now go and be more aggressive. So they're looking for good deals. They're struggling because everyone's competing to find these deals. So they're willing to pay more than they ever have. 
Right? The multipliers are at an all-time high. Crazy. No yeah. question about it. 30%, 40% higher than they normally would be in any other time of the year, right? And they're struggling to find these companies, and they're willing to take more risk, even ones that aren't as pretty as they should be. They're willing to do that because interest rates are low. They have lots of cash. And really, you think about how private equity works. It's either put money in the stock market or in bonds or in real estate, or I can take a flyer on some of these high-end companies through private equity, and get a much higher return. Way higher. Right? So they're looking at 10% in the stock market, but they want 15 20 30% in private equity. And people are sitting there with cash and saying, well, i got to put it somewhere. Let me try it. So that's why they're doing it. And they're out there dying for deals. If you like this content and you're trying to grow your business, follow me at Lance Bachman and Lance Bachman Digital on Facebook, LFG, time to grow. And the reality is this. I've always said private equity and angel hair investors are normally your most brightest people in a business room. Right. Right? I mean, I think most people would agree yeah, to that. Sharp. They're very sharp people. Why are there risk tolerance getting? Because I'm seeing some of the deals that some of my friends are getting. Right. Like, why are they willing their risk? Is just there's no place to park the money right now? There's is no that, place to park the money. There's no place. And they have to. they got to get. And I guess they've what made a lot. Someone's going to take their money back from mm-hmm. them if you're not investing, right? But they've also made a lot of money on other deals and in the markets and wherever else. And they're like, I got to deploy it. And I got to diversify my risk. And that's one of the biggest thing. These hedge funds, these uh, university money, these pension funds, they need to diversify their risk. And they need to look for higher returns than they can get. And private equity is the way to get there with a educated manager of money that knows how to run businesses and give guidance. So even though they're getting a higher return, they're doing it with some with a group, a private equity group, that knows how to manage business and look at the numbers on their behalf. You know, let's get back to your business real fast. Sure. You know, rental properties, because that's the main business you're in, right? I mean, that's real estate. All these separate meters are for rental. And some commercial. Well, it's rental, but we also do a lot of affordable housing and student housing. But they're all separate. I mean, like, yes. so... Real estate market right now across the country, the rental properties value is through the roof, right? right. People are no oh, cap this, cap that, yep. cap that, cap this. Everyone's talking about cap rate, right? right. Cap rate. Yep. They're, they're probably the best the country's ever seen. Sure. Oh, yeah. How does that affect your business? Does that, I mean, does it have any play on it or not? Yeah. Really? So people are continuing. Look, there's still a shortage in housing. So new construction, very strong. Even though you got a, you know, COVID and even though you got a downturn in the economy, that market is still pretty strong, right? So there's still a huge need for housing. People also can't afford single-family homes as much because those rights have gone up, so they go into apartments. So that market is still very strong. So I read an interesting article. I want your thoughts on it. From Grant Cardone wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Florida, the three biggest housing developers last year or two years ago left the housing development and went to the apartment building. Right. They actually built more apartments in Florida this year. Right. So they went from residential to apartments than any other one, the three biggest sure. ones. Is that going to be kind of the sign of the times that you're seeing? Because King of Prussia now built those apartments. Tons. They're beautiful, if you remember what I'm talking about. Yep. Other places are starting to follow here. We, that's like California living yep. big time. It's starting to hit here. Very Do you much think so. that's where the real estate market's going to go more than single homes? There are certain segments in the market, right? So you got all the baby boomers that are tired of living in a home, can't want to, don't want to take care of it, are moving into apartments, mm-hmm. right? Apartments, condos. Town, yeah. And there's this movement back to downtown cities, 
because they want that full aspect of food and restaurants and shows and all that. You got the younger group that has no need for a single family home. They want to be in a residential community, right? Kind of a vertical living space, right? A vertical neighborhood is what they call it, right? I can live there in this building. I can shop on the first floor. I can work on the 10 floors. And then my apartment's on the 30th floor, right? It's a vertical neighborhood, they call it. So you have these type of things pushing that. Plus, housing market's so unaffordable for most people, they're fine living in an apartment. The other thing we're seeing, which is a newer trend, is developers building out 100 single-family homes, but all as rentals, right? I can't quite afford a single-family home, but I'm tired of living in an apartment. So I'm going to go rent for five years in a single-family home in a community. I think it's a pretty cool concept. You know, as you see things change in the landscape, your business has been growing. You've been with SEO for about three years about now. About three years. Your business is two and a half times, you told me, when you walked through the door right. here with one SEO. That's significant growth. Yeah, that's huge. Right. Where can it go? I mean, because your industry isn't going anywhere. No. I do believe if California starts the regulations, New York will follow, New Jersey across. will follow. I mean, just, no question. I mean, I can just give you hell. Yeah, no, there's no reason this company can be 10 times its size or more easily. No Easy. question about it. Do you sell then? Is that part of your exit strategy? You're not sure? Look, at some point, someone will be, here's a pile of cash, and you know we'll make all our employees rich and us rich. But yeah, there's no question. But that, you know, that's not, we got, a, we got a lot of runway to grow. You got a lot of business. runway to grow. What's the biggest challenges you're facing? Is it technology? Because you guys have the technology. Right. Are you always trying to make the technology better by making it, I can see my water bill on the smartphone. Right. I can see my electric. Like, talk to me about that process because you have to have a technology element when you're right. going to, because I get, you show up at my door, you better give me the technology right. element, right? Yeah. So, you know, we're kind of, in, uh, you know, we're in a boring space, but we're pretty cool. Right? Okay. What do I mean by that? So we're selling green and environmental controls. We're taking everything is wirelessly to the internet. So we're IoT. I mean, we're literally selling a sensor that talks wirelessly to the internet, and we're going to control something, turn something off, or build something. That's as IoT as you get, right? Plus the wireless. So we constantly are looking at new technologies in wireless space, new technologies in metering. But it's really about education, right? We've got to get in front of our customers, make sure they understand they have opportunities to go submeter. They have opportunities to do leak detection. We can tell you if your toilet is leaking remotely. Send a maintenance ma- manager out there to go fix it, saving money. We can control thermostats. So we're looking at all these other opportunities to expand because once you have a customer in the multifamily space, first of all, most of our customers own 10,000, 50,000 apartment units, hundreds of buildings. So if we get in good with one time, we get it all. But now we want to go deeper and wider within that building. So we're now going after flood detection. It's a brand new launch we're doing this month, right? It's a big trade show in Las Vegas where we're going to be able to put sensors on the floor. And if all of a sudden you have a flood, we can send out an alarm that says, hey, got water on, on apartment 14. Is anybody there? We'll send a text. And if nobody responds, we can shut off the valve to the water. Because in an apartment building, uh, the guy that's on the 20th floor, he got he has wet carpet. The three people below him, they got all their walls are damaged, their paintings are damaged, their TV is gone. They're all upset. So you, we can control that. You know, 
What's the biggest hurdle, right? I mean, because the technology exists. I think your biggest hurdle would be, are the people ready for the technology? Like, right. do they understand? Like, I sit in meetings with people, and I'm like, how the hell did you build this organization? Like, right. you don't understand the big – but you're either a technology person or you're not, right? right? I mean, there's yeah. no in between. Yeah. So is technology your biggest hurdle? What is your biggest hurdle? The biggest hurdle is getting people to understand that this is good for them and it's a payback. And going from, hey, I've been just charging everybody some allocation, right? So why should no one I likes that, in? by the way. Right. The tenants are – but the landlord's okay with it. Well, he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. So now we're seeing the tenants push back. But the tenants are pushing back saying, no, that's not fair that I'm paying the same amount – as a guy above me and he's got five kids, I got one. It's not fair that I'm a snowbird and I go to Florida every year for three months, my bill never changes. So tenants are pushing back, regulations is pushing back, and more importantly, landlords are starting to say, hey, I wanna market my building as green. So we're seeing that natural progression where landlords are saying, well, I gotta change, and we're showing them they can. You know, I gotta ask you this question. You've been with us for three, three years now almost. Right. Did you ever think that somebody would look for your product on the internet? No, no, totally <laughs> crazy, right? I mean, it's like you nuts. never want to think it, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm the old school, right? I got to shake people's hand, I got to go to trade shows, got to go meet people in face. To think that people are coming to us just purely because they Googled Submeter is wonderful, right? And now that we're starting to get some ads and Google AdWords, we're spending a lot in that market. We're seeing their response. And now it's given us targets to go after. I mean, it's just incredible. Is it amazing what you can do with your own data and social media? Like, we were just talking. You were like, I'm doing LinkedIn and this and that. And I said, well, go on Facebook. We're just right. bullshitting, right? right? And you probably thought at first, why? I said, don't sell nothing there. Right. Just show just culture. Just show stay a story. In, yeah, show really cool stuff. Yeah. Like, like, that's the problem. So we were just talking with someone. And you're an old school guy. And I like to, because I'm old school, but I'm new school, right? right? And she's like, all we do is email out promos once a week. I'm like, nobody's watching your shit yeah, then. Like, no. It's overburned. Like, I'm a big believer in the threes of marketing, right? You got to either advertise three times in the same magazine or hit them three different ways. So you guys represent one way to hit our customer. We're going to trade shows and making sales calls. That's another way. We're in the trade magazines and the association. That's the third way. So if we can hit them three ways, it's like, wow. Okay, yeah, this is something I should pay attention to. You know, here's a question for you. It's scary going out on your own, right? It just is, right? right. I, mean, I know you've done it a few times right. now. I know you've been part of a few organizations. You're also 10 years older than me, right? Yep. With that, as you get older, I think, truthfully, you either get one or two ways. You get more male or female. You get right. more what I call, I'm willing to take the risk. I don't give a shit. Right. What's the worst going to happen? I'll go do something else, right? right? Some people get the other way. How do you keep yourself moving forward saying, doesn't matter, I'm just going to keep taking risks. I'm just going to keep going. Because I'm assuming you have children. Yeah, I got four kids. Yeah. <laughs> so how, do you, how yeah. do you say to your wife, I'm doing, or does she support you? Is she sure, like, what no, you they, you know, they, She supports it. She knows it's a passion we have. You know, it's, it will help our family be better, not only today, tomorrow, right? I mean, but when you first start this company, you ain't eating down at Capitol Grill. Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, it doesn't no. work that way. But you got to just say, you know what? I can either be an employee salary, and I can work really hard, and I make a good salary, and I get a raise. And I might even get a bonus. Or I can kind of invest in a company or get involved at a level that I have equity. And if I do that same good job, I now have the second chance for the home run. No doubt. 
And no one runs what pays for college and pays for houses. No doubt. Right. Here's a question for you. What's the biggest lesson you've learned being a leader so far? Biggest lesson as a leader. Interesting. That you have to think about everything you do as a leader of a business ultimately impacts the 50 families that work for you. Not, not you, not, not the employee, their family. So if we make a really bad decision and we got the wrong product or we get sued or we do something or we decide to close the business or decide to sell a business, you're not just impacting you, you're impacting 50 families. And if you think about that with every decision you make, A, you, you give it a little more thought. You take the right amount of risk, right? Because if it's just you, you'll take as much risk as you want. But if you say, wait a second, you know, what happens to Johnny and Mary and their family and their kid? You give it a little more thought. And now you make the, right, the appropriate decisions, I think. You know, it's funny. I had dinner with my son two, three weeks ago. And you'll appreciate this. Yeah, he's got four children. Right. My son's 30 years old. And he wants to work for himself and have his own business, which I think is great. He's like, Dad, I want the freedom you have. That's what he said to me. Right. There's no freedom. There's no, <laughs> There's no freedom. Right. <laughs> Is it amazing what people see through social media, the mm -hmm. lens of social media, right. and your employees see the same thing. Look, he comes in the office today at 10. I had to be here since 7. They didn't right. see that you were up at 4 in the morning right. working. No. Like, they, they don't, I mean, he didn't, when he said that to me, I was like, he just, and I love my son. Yeah, my yeah. son's a great kid. I was like, he has no clue what it takes to be an right. entrepreneur. If you're thinking by owning a business or multiple businesses that you're going to have more freedom. No. Your high is a kite. Right. You lose all your freedom. So, when I hear these entrepreneurs saying, I have all this freedom. No, when you have 400-plus employees working for you, every decision you make, when your phone rings, you got to answer it 99% of the right. time. They know, everyone knows where you are by your calendar. Sure. I don't know where you know, one of my people are tonight, no. but they know where I'm at. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, you, you can't. Even when you think you take off, you don't. No. No, by no means. But that's okay because we enjoy that, right? I mean, I would get nervous if I didn't see, know what was going on. You know, I think your product's an interesting one. That's why I really wanted you on here. I appreciate you coming. Sure. But on the final roar, if somebody was unsure about your product, they own multiple units, they have a lot of apartments, multiple housing, what would you say to that person on the final roar about why they should invest in your product instead of one meter? Is it going to be regulated? Like, tell me what right. on that final roar what would you say to someone? Yeah, no, there's no question. You, have, you can make money by installing these meters, right? You're going to increase your property value. You're also going to create a, a, a atmosphere within your company and your tenants to really do something good from a green side that not only is good financially, but good for the tenant. And also you can market your building in a much better place. So overall, you're going to increase the value of your operation by putting in these stupid little water meters, right? Yeah. No question about it. But it is a financial buy. No matter what we do, it's, it does the payback work. And it does. We've seen it proven. We've seen case studies, and we do that. We we try to put those out through social media, yeah. right? Case studies, white papers. I think of us as being what I call the thought leaders, right? We can do case studies, but we want to tell you why you should be doing this, right? We want to communicate to the market, this is the best practice, and here's why. And it's been proven time and time again. Yeah. So we can get them to that stage. Don, thank you so much for coming on, Dan. Tech, check out his product. You own multiple buildings. Check it out. It Good product. Reach out to him. Don, thank you so much. You got it. Congratulations on all your success. All right. Appreciate it.